When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Caller has questions. Blue 58! Blue 58! Go! And he wants your answers. Street! Red, red, red! Red Polly! Blue Poncho! In rapid fire fashion. Gun flex right stack. 394 Dragon Smoke. It's Hot Routes on Purple Daily. 5880! All right, it is that time again. Somewhere around 3 o'clock every day. This will probably change in training camp. We'll probably move it up in the show a little bit. We'll see. But that's a, a couple weeks away still. Um, it's Hot Routes. It's that time again. Uh, by the way, there's a, a tad bit of breaking news that the NFL has suspended Richie Incognito for two games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy. I'm sure that that's not a new incident. That probably goes back to some of his off-the-field incidents. And I think if you're the Raiders, you're probably totally fine with two games. Yeah, assuming that he comes back and plays well for you, which is a big assumption. But if you have to like two games for some of the stuff that happened with him off the field... When he was not on an NFL team, you're probably fine with that. That's the one where his dad died, right? And then yes. he went to the funeral home and said he had shotguns in the car and was going to yes. come back. Okay, yeah. And probably did. And then there was the incident inside yeah. of the gym, too, where he threw a dumbbell at somebody okay, or that's something, a bad idea. something yep. like that. Yeah. All right. So anyway, there's your breaking NFL news for July, whatever today's date is. Uh, ramp it up, Jonathan. Let's go. Let's do some hot routes here. I don't know. Should the, what, should, what should be our theme here for... Uh, for the hot routes. Got anything? Let's see. It was backup running backs yesterday, right? Journeyman running backs yesterday? Yep. How about journeyman linebackers today? Journeyman linebackers. Okay, this one. I'm I love gonna... me some journeyman LBs, oh, yeah. baby. Okay, I'm going to have to uh, I'm gonna have to think. Now, see, the th- it's just because when you play video games, you end up remembering who these people are oh, yeah. much better than, like, if it's part of your Greg career. Greg Beaker can be your first Greg one. Greg Beaker is That's a, a great one. journeyman okay. linebacker. All right, good start. All right, Greg Beaker. I don't know what Roger. I've been pulled from the game. Greg Beekert. That. All right, we'll just get right Beaker to it. Beekert on three. So, guys, uh, Myron and I talked uh, it, earlier in the show about this Wall Street Journal report that owners are interested in an 18-game season, but players only participate in 16. To me, that's the worst idea ever, and I don't really like it. I can justify it and work my way through it, but I don't like that idea of playing these games where you have to sit 
Aaron Rodgers for two games and yeah. play Deshaun Kaiser. So give me a proposal of adding games to the NFL season that makes some type of sense. How could it work 18 games? You want me to go first? Go ahead, Judd. Oh, I forgot to mention Declan Goff is yeah, Declan for, uh, making his for spot Rott's debut. Oh, this is so exciting. Gus Ferrat being a spot starting quarterback here. Gus Ferrat was pretty good, actually. He was, that yeah. might be, you might want to dumb Sean this Hill? down a little bit I, more. Sean Hill? Yeah, Sean Hill's fair. Is that even still a little too uh It's too a little high, high but Sean Hill's more. Tad Bowman? Yeah. He went right. to St. Cloud. No, Tad, Tad Bowman. Tad Bowman. Yeah. Tad Bowman. Yeah. All right. All right, so I'll start by saying I hate this idea across the board. The National Football League is the one product right now that I believe regular season has it perfect. 16 games is great. But because it's hot routes, I can't just be yeah. off the hook by saying that. This takes work. This takes thought. This takes research. So what I'm going to do is give you a solution that I still hate, but I, I think it's an improvement upon this just positively stupid solution of let's play our backups a lot in two games. 18 games. You go down to two preseason games, first of all. So we immediately slash preseason to one or two games. I'm willing to go two, okay? That's part one. Second part of my solution, and I hate this again, and it was done, I believe, in 1993, but it's feasible to keep guys healthier. Two bye weeks per team. So two buys instead of one. I don't like it, but to work 18 games... And then my last thing is, and this is where I'm going to hit the owners in the pocketbook, and they're going to tell me to buzz off, and I'm going to tell them, you buzz off, we're staying at 16 games. <laughs> Expanded rosters to 61 players. Hmm. So you take the entire practice squad, and now they're all on your roster being paid as active players, which is going to be expensive. So 18 games, two preseason games, not four, two, ba- two bye weeks per team, hate that idea. Expanded rosters, which I actually don't hate. Up to 61, so the practice squad is now all active. I would go 18-game season, but you start two weeks before Labor Day. We are in this awful crawl in the summer where nothing is happening but baseball, which is fine with the Twins being really good, but you start the season before Labor Day. You eliminate wild card weekend, no no buys in the playoffs, and just top four advance. So you actually shrink the playoff system a little bit, but more emphasis on the regular season and your wins you get there than this divisional round NFC or championship series Super Bowl. Would they do it? Would they? Would they do it? Do the playoffs? No, because TV TV would step in and say, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." So sure, that's yeah. the hardest. That's the hardest no. hurdle. But my, I like the, your thought. The biggest, the biggest thought is is getting the season started before Labor Day. I think would be would be great. Okay, and just go from there. And go from there. And if that means wild card weekend still intact, that's fine. But the biggest one is starting before Labor Day. And Declan, you would just prorate contracts then. Yeah. For whatever you get paid per game, you just get paid two more games. That's correct. Okay, that's fine with me. Got an I'd, idea, uh, Jonathan? I'd expand the roster size. If you're dead set on going to 18, I'd expand the roster size. And if their point is to keep it fair somehow with the buys and everything, I say every six weeks you take off as a league. You just, every six weeks, it's a good mark at hmm. 18 games. You have three sections of the season, essentially, and you just take off, you take one week off. I don't mind that at all. Very soccer That, that one's very yeah. good. I, I That's actually, the best one so far. I actually wouldn't mind that because every team could get healthy. <laughs> And, you'd and be every off. beat reporter yeah. would get a break. HC, <laughs> and H6 you would know weeks. what days you could go to brunch. I, I was actually looking at the schedule last night like, when do we got Thursday and Monday games so I can actually sit <laughs> home and watch some of the uh, Sunday games? So um, my idea for this is they just play 18 games and they cut down by one preseason so we don't even bother with that fourth preseason game. But here's the trade-off. The trade-off is in money. You can only have X number of players on a rookie contract on your team. So you have to pay veteran players to be on your team. 
What we end up with now is the best players get huge contracts and make a ton of money, and then you've got this massive drop-off, and most of the league is on rookie deals. So you're letting go good players to bring in players who are inexperienced and just hoping that they're good and replacing all these proven people. I, I think that that would be something players would really want. Is like, instead of having... When they say, oh, the average career is only four years, well, one of the reasons is because they use these guys up on the rookie deals and then say, go find your money somewhere else. And if you can't, then your career just comes to an end. I think the players would really like that if there were more veterans and they could probably looking at the new england patriots they play in the playoffs every single year they play over 18 games i'm not sure that it does make it that much more unsafe to play those games because the consistent playoff teams do it and they have stars and you're just you're adding to it but i don't don't know i think it's a little overstated of oh if they play one or two more games then you know there's going to be way more injuries and everything else i don't know if that's really true as a fan, though, don't you just like this? I think 16 is perfect. I, I think, oh, yes. I think yes. 162 I, in yeah, baseball no is too much. To change this. 80, what, 2 in hockey and basketball is just too clearly too much. You found the sweet spot. Yep. Just stick with I it. I think you got it absolutely perfect. Yeah, All right. It's nice. And, ide- and ideally, stay at 16. And if you cut a preseason game out, as Even you better. said, preseason game four, I love you more. Yeah. All right. Next hot route Scott Vegeta, 13. Oh, yeah. Scott Vegeta. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's not one that's going to make Vikings fans happy. I should have just used Vikings, but Colt, whatever. Kylie Wong, maybe? Uh, oh, yeah. Manny weighed in with Andre Crockett. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah former, what, long-time, what, Bengal or something? And came here at, at the end. These guys are the best. Sam Cowart, Crockett, Sam Beaker. Cow- there, there's a list Bills of guys came here, didn't who came here. <laughs> yes. Daryl Talley came they, here. Yes. I think Ken Irvin. That might have been Buffalo. You're right. Uh, the Indianapolis Star <laughs> reports that old friends Frank Reich and Doug Peterson are making a bet on golf for a charity. So whoever plays the better round of golf has to give to the other person's charity. All good and fun. Uh, at some point, these two guys, of course, are classic journeyman quarterbacks and backups, Reich and Peterson. At some point, all 32 NFL coaches might be either friends of McVay or former journeyman quarterbacks. I want you guys to give me <laughs> your favorite. I don't mean the best. I just mean it can be funny. It can be the guy was awesome, former player who turned into a coach. Declan, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll start. You know what? And I don't mean to rain in his parade here because because he's no longer with us. But Bart Starr was a terrible, was not a very good head coach. Yeah, it was. Awful. I mean, it was it, yeah. that was a dark era of the Green Bay Packers. That and and, and they love to talk about their illustrious history. And they always they <laughs> Do always they? I've never they, heard anything yeah, about they, that. But they omit like 1969 to 1992. They just like pretend it never happened. Even though they talk about World Championships in the 30s and 40s, their Super Bowls with with Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and then this 25 year gap where they were literally the worst team in the NFL for 25 years. He's someone that sticks out to me and was a had a losing record at the bottom of the division multiple times. Uh, someone who I want, though, to see step up and be the next NFL coach, and I think he is on his track, is Kellen Moore, OC in Dallas right now, mm. former Boise State quarterback. Mm-hmm. That was a genius. I mean, this guy was doing his own playbook when he was in high school, and he was a stud at Boise State. I think he's probably the next guy up that's going to be a head coach in probably 2020, maybe even after Jason Garrett gets the boot in Dallas, which is, seems inevitable at this point. Mine is a guy that I covered in the 2005 campaign, and it's the guy who pulled me aside before that season started and said, hey, come here. And I said, yes, Mike. And he said, I just want you to know I hated you because you covered the Packers. Ticey. I love Ticey. <laughs> Ticey, you know what? It was probably unfair. He got the job because red was cheap. But 
How many other National Football League coaches had a parking spot with their name on it at a bar? Mike Tice <laughs> did. He scalped tickets. He got caught. It, he was. It was so much fun. It, it was the equivalent of probably the wild, wild west as far as screw ups and things. Mm-hmm. But Mike Tice was great fun to cover. Uh, mine wasn't great or even a good head coach, but Mike Singletary. Mm. He helped. Be, he helped make Vernon Davis into the tight end he became. <laughs> but he was also just a By bit of calling a, him out and benching yeah. him and yelling at him. <laughs> he a was lot. also just like a bit of a nutcase and ended up pantsing himself in front of his own yep. team so he hey, could motivate them. Yep. Yeah, he Mike really Singletary. was that weird too. Yeah, he was a weird guy. All right, so as much as I love journeyman quarterbacks, I didn't go with the journeyman quarterback. I went with the local connection, a guy who is uh, royalty in football, Tony Dungy. I mean, he was a player, and he became what was he the first black coach to win a Super Bowl? Yep, Tony Dungy. Mm-hmm. So I was going to go Singletary, but since Jonathan went Singletary. And Singletary is nuts and hilarious. I'll just go with I. I, I and I always thought that Dungy kind of got a raw deal in uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, I, I think totally. if he had hung on for one more year, if they hadn't fired him, it's like John Gruden came in and won Dungy's championship. He did, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. He was good. Ticey was fun. All right, linebackers. <laughs> Singletary was crazy. Bart Starr was awful. Declan's right. <laughs> See, I, I guess I'm. I, I, Journeyman linebackers are tougher to come up with. Yeah. Although, did Marlo Perry ever play here? Was he one of those guys that came no, here? No, not that I no, recall. Maybe not. Sam Coward, though, is a good one. How about uh, another friend? Jonathan Vilma, 44. <laughs> is he friend of the show? <laughs> friend of Purple <laughs> Friend Dilly? of Vikings fans, Jonathan Vilma. Wasn't he on the... Uh, oh, yeah, he Spanish? was on the Bounty Gate. Yeah, he was on the Bounty Gate. Yep. <laughs> All right, sorry, everyone, for that. Uh, <laughs> I was say, it's Friday to go, afternoon. Man. Things are fun. Golden Tate says Bobby. that having both washed up Eli Manning and overdrafted rookie Daniel Jones is a, quote, really good problem, <laughs> which we hear a lot in training camp. Oh, good problem to have. Too bad we don't have two footballs to throw all these great players. Yep. That's a good one. Uh, I want you guys to give me some really bad problems that NFL teams have right now, like bad problem to have. Not good problem to have, bad problem to have. Go ahead, Jeff. Okay, I've got three. I've got three beginning this is, with... This is Zolga. This will be great. Oh, this is so... Beginning with, ain't it great that Washington's owned by Daniel Snyder? <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a story I saw a couple of days ago that basically, what, what was the figure? 40 people 40. have yeah, 40. basically just quit the team because it's so dysfunctional. And, of course, the fact that they refuse to change a nickname, which is not sort of offensive, but clearly the most offensive in all of sports. You go, Daniel Snyder. Number two, the wild-eyed, googly-eyed guy. Ain't it great the Jets have Adam Gase at the helm? <laughs> yeah. Like, no one to this day can explain the press conference. You know, I feel bad for Sam Darnold. Like, Sam Darnold's a damn good quarterback. And I feel I feel like if there's one guy in this league who's about to be sabotaged by circumstances and not his own inabilities, it's poor Sam Darnold. So Gase is a three, and then keeping it local for the last one. Ain't it great that the Vikings have have the solution of Josh Klein at right guard? <laughs> and then you look at his statistics from last year and the season he's coming off of, and you're like, uh, this might not be so good. And they're but they're going to tell you. Problem solved. Josh Klein's going to save us. They're going to say we've got great depth yeah. on the offensive yes. line now there since we brought in Josh Klein so and drafted Drew Samia. <laughs> exactly. All right. Bad problems to have in the NFL, Declan. 
Poor John Elway and Denver fans. I, I try not to, because they have had a good franchise as a whole. They have some Super Bowls. They won one just three years ago on the Twilight of Peyton. But bringing in Joe Flacco to try and solve your quarterback problem, just another swing and miss by John Elway. I, I, I feel bad for Denver fans having to deal with that again. And Tampa Bay, I don't know who I feel bad for here. The fans or Byron Leftwich. Like, he has to try and fix Jamison Winston, which is not going to be an easy task. And I think I, I'm optimistic on how, how Byron Leftwich can do in Tampa Bay, but he's being dealt with Jameis Winston. Like I, it, it's that's a tough, tough spot to be in if you're a fan or even a Byron Leftwich. And then our division, I mean, Detroit with Matt Patricia. I mean, are you serious? That that that's poor Detroit, and Matt Matt Stafford's being wasted again by by another goon. And <laughs> that's a good, that's and, a great word for and, Patricia. And, and goon, even, we should use that more often. You know, yeah, not, not to upset Rami, as I know he's. Uh, swallowing down a sandwich right now as he's listening in his car, but Chicago thinking they have their answer in Mitch Trubisky when I, I just think it, it, it looks more like Christian Ponder 2.0. Declan's going to go team by team. Yeah, yeah Declan, you, every division. Yeah. You research this. And then, and, then, and then in Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> and then in Green Bay. And in with, Tennessee, what they really... Yeah. <laughs> Here's the problem. And then in Green Bay with a certain quarterback and their head coach, maybe not on the same page yet even. I, I, it, it seems seems confusing. Seems very confusing. Jonathan, one bad problem to have, <laughs> not five. I've got one team-wise, the Bears. Isn't it great that their kicking game is just even worse because <laughs> Matt Nagy is just a lunatic and not knows, doesn't know how to handle it? And then also a league one. How can your two teams in your, t- in your one biggest market in maybe the world be so poorly run? How can the yeah. Jets and the Giants be just complete laughingstocks this offseason and they're in the biggest media market you have? I went to bad problem to have Oakland Raiders that Mark Davis has that haircut. <laughs> and, and that. What do you mean? And then what are you supposed to do as a Raiders fan? Like, bad problem to have your team's moving. Like, yeah. There's no way around it yeah. now. You're going to still go to the games and cheer for them, but your team is moving. And you're supposed to be excited about Antonio Brown when your team is moving. They're leaving you. You can't have them anymore. That's a really bad problem to have. All right. Next one, a guy who became a good uh, media personality. I'll go Kirk Morrison. Oh, yeah, he's Remember real. Kirk yeah. Morrison? Oh, yeah, yeah he's lots very of, good. Lots of good stuff from him. Mm-hmm. He's in Buffalo, almost never played. Great guy. Uh, Albert Hainsworth, guys, dealing with a very serious situation. Apparently, he needs a kidney, and it was reported, if you want to um, you know, believe in humankind, that lots of people have called to try and help Albert Hainsworth find a kidney. Hundreds of people have offered to donate their kidney to Albert Hainsworth. Um, So for a little while, he was the most dominant defensive tackle in the NFL. I don't think that's a stretch to say. Who is the most dominant defensive tackle you have ever seen? There's a lot of options here with Vikings. I mean, the the Williams wall was great at growing up as a kid. Chris Hovan was nuts. I mean, that was one of the first guys I gravitated towards as as a young kid. That was a you problem, dude. That was a me problem. Uh, That doesn't answer the question. No. I would. I mean, the Williams Wall is the one that he is milking hot routes. That, that I love yeah. here. See what I, happened? Really, Bogart. I told the you. Mic. I told you what would happen. But when uh, and th- these were just favorites of mine. These were just favorites. And you were just talking about video games before that, when we started hot routes of of players that you just naturally know because of video games. And I used to be the Eagles in like two thousand Madden's two thousand two to like two thousand five. And Corey Simon on the Philadelphia Eagles was a guy that I just always dominated with. He led the league in sacks for three years in a row. These are not the best. Super these are not the best defensive yeah. tackles. These are just best defensive tackles that I am experienced with. Can I, can I go now? He's not getting a square on Hollywood Squares <laughs> ever nope. again. Can I go now and keep it really brief? <laughs> yes, you can. John Randall. 
1990 uh, signed undrafted out of what Texas A and I at the time. It's now changed his name to 2003. Seven time Pro Bowler, six time All Pro, which is very difficult. Seeing that guy play at that size with that speed on a weekly basis was phenomenal. Mine's the current most dominating defensive tackle in the league, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Pro Bowler, all five years he's played, first team All Pro in four of those five years. And you look at the stats right now, currently he has 59 and a half sacks. That ranks him 20th among all to, or among current players, and he's five seasons in, and he's already at 59 and a half as a defensive tackle. He is basically like the modern John Randall. It's ridiculous. He's, a, yeah. he's as dominant. Yes. I will say a guy who, when he really applied himself, especially early in his career, to prove the doubters wrong, was as dominant as any player has ever been because he could be a nose, he could be a three-tech, he could sack quarterback, he could stuff the run. Warren Sapp. Ooh, nice. Warren Sapp was as dominant as anyone has ever been at that position. I, I can't think of too many guys who went like 320 who could move like that. He was a massive person. Yeah, and the Vikings passed on him for yes. Derek Alexander. Didn't yes. he break Dante yes, Culpepper's nose one time in in, Nova, in, uh, in a game against Tampa Bay when they were still in our division and we went down to Tam- Vikings went down I'm to sure Tampa and just got destroyed. And I remember there was a great cover photo on the Pioneer Press of, of Dante just hobbled with a crooked nose and Warren Sapp like all jolly that they, his team just won. I'm sure he did. Declan, you're just this is it for you. Okay, this that's is fine. It. This I'll, is it. For I'll you. go back to the streaming computer. <laughs> uh, already. <laughs> uh, all right, AJ Hawk, 33. Good one. Remember, people thought AJ Hawk was going to oh, be yeah. good, and he just he wasn't. He wasn't good, right? AJ Hawk. So he was, I think he carved he, out a nice maybe career. Like a he at the best was okay. Yeah, but his height but not was insane. A, not a Buckeyes. Oh my gosh, that's that's but linebacker. The you. best part about AJ Hawk is his name, AJ Hawk. Absolutely. He, if his name wasn't AJ Hawk, he would be just like a regular linebacker, <laughs> totally replacement. Anthony Hawk, you'd be like, oh whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony James Hawk. All right, um, final one for today. Duke Johnson. He wants out of Cleveland. I don't know why. I mean, they have a very good offense, and seems like he's got a good chance to win finally. Uh, so just when they're ready to win, he wants to get traded so badly that he fired his agent and he hired Drew Rosenhaus to help him get moved away from the Cleveland Browns. Guys, we meet. We just need more trades in yeah. the National Football League. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. That. I don't need free agency to look like the NBA, but I love player-for-player player trades. I want you guys for entertainment purposes only. To make up a fair player-for-player player trade involving the Minnesota Vikings. If I'm not mistaken, isn't going to Drew to force your way out of a situation like a 2008 move? <laughs> Is that a 2019 move now? Does I mean, Drew even work that much now? He used to represent know, everybody. Yeah. I can't seems like the last hear about time him I heard about him. Yeah. yeah, I used to hear about him all the time. He, he next would be question. Like on TV and Next stuff. question. Yeah. Terrell Owens. Next yeah. question. Yeah. All right. I researched this and I, because I was giving this great thought when I saw the news that we talked about on Purple Daily yesterday. I gave this some thought and then I got your question and I put two and two together and I worked out a trade that you could actually make and would make your, if you're the Minnesota Vikings offense, that more dynamic for the 2019 season and it's actually workable. Trey Waynes and his $9.1 million salary to the Los Angeles Chargers. For running back Melvin Gordon, Ooh. who is due to make 5.6, mm. and I looked it up. The Chargers have more than 10 million in cap space right now. They could absorb the Wayne's contract. How interesting would a potential backfield combination be if you could use Dalvin Cook, who you're afraid might get hurt, and Melvin Gordon, and both of them can catch the football, right? Gary Kubiak, 
Mad scientist. Yes. Uh, anyway, it actually works. It does, but I'm going to say that because of positional value, I would not trade a corner for a running back under almost any circumstance, unless the corner was complete trash and the running back was really good. Yeah, but I just had fun with it. <laughs> but it was for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. Love it. I would do Trey Waynes as well, and I would trade him for Alshon Jeffrey in Philadelphia. Uh, it would take a little bit of like, some cap maneuvering because Alshon, I think, is like a $14 million cap hit this year. And Trey Waynes, you have a you have a surplus here of cornerbacks. The Vikings were in on Elshon just a year ago, and if you have a three deep of Elshon, Thielen, and Diggs, uh, I don't think Kirk Cousins. I think he'll be out of the excuses, and, and then he could actually play some football. So I, I would do Trey Waynes for Elshon Jeffrey. Declan just gave me the answer to my question because I had I couldn't think of who to trade for, but I could I could think of who you would trade of trade away, and that'd be Trey Waynes. I just couldn't think of which wide receiver I'd want, and Elshon Jeffrey is the perfect answer there. So everyone's trading Trey, Trey Wayne. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Sorry, buddy. All right. You you weren't trading Trey Wayne's? No. Um I was kind of gonna see what you guys did first and then decide <laughs> on my trade. Well, I wanted I wanted Golden Tate in free agency. I've always had a lot of respect for Golden Tate. He's that guy that you could throw the ball one yard past the line of scrimmage and he'll take it for forty. You like Golden Tate a lot. I really do. Now That's he, interesting. he might not be as good, we'll see. He's in his thirties, but he just gave the Vikings fits, and I've always had appreciation for his playmaking ability. I think he's a guy you can use in all sorts of different situations. You can run the the jet sweeps with him, mm-hmm. and you can throw him screens, and then you can go down the field if you want. So I'm going to trade. I'm going to go Linval Joseph. I'm oh, going to trade nice. him Your guy. away. You love yes, him. Yes, I do love Linval Joseph, wow. but he's making a lot of money, and I think this is his last year as a Viking unless he restructures that contract again. Okay. And I think that they can patch that together, but they need more playmakers for Kirk. Even though they have a bunch of good ones, that's what, they I'm, trying to, that's what I'm trying to do. More playmakers for Kirk. But my a, Melvin Gordon a nose tackle. The thing about Panglin Val Joseph, and again, I think he's an amazing player. I've written about it and his impact on the entire defense, how a lot of it starts with him, is that the New England Patriots won a Super Bowl with Allen Branch playing that position. They won a Super Bowl with Danny Shelton playing that position. There are big guys who can move the line, and, and they're not as special as him. They can't track down a running back in the flat like Linval Joseph can. They can't quite get after the passer, but I think it's a little bit of a replaceable spot, the nose tackle in 2019. So I'm going to trade that for a playmaker. All right. For entertainment purposes only, Vikings trades. Um, I am told I should have used Bryce Pop, who ended up being a Oh, another here. guy who came... Who was a, a standout for the Packers for how long? About three years, oh. two, three years. He was great. He had the he was crazy year with the Bills. He and, had like nineteen sacks or something. In fact, if you recall, he was on PJ Flex first Gopher staff here. That's right. I think he was one year here and out. But Bryce Pop, yeah, Bryce Pop would have been a good one. Let me see. I'm just That's gonna pull this up one. before the break. He had one insane season: seventeen and a half sacks wow. in nineteen ninety-five. Yep. Never came anywhere close after that, <laughs> including his two sacks as a Viking in two thousand. So Yeah, by 2000, it was all over for Bryce. Shout-outs to you, Bryce Pop, for that one season. Linebackers, old school, it's so much fun. And and that year, too, it was Bruce Smith was still great, and it was Bryce Pop coming off the other side. They were good. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. So by Declan. We'll, oh, bye, Declan. By one and time, was fine. <laughs> I was going to say thanks for no, time. Nothing but. like <laughs> Nothing like the first time. It was yep. a lot of time. All right. so we'll, we'll, <laughs> It was sort of clunky, Declan, to be honest with you. We'll, uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back with Zolgad for another half an hour of football talk. And then 
Um, it'll be Mackie and Judd with Rami. The Twins are back playing baseball now. So a lot to get to here on the show on a Friday on Score North. Check out Minnesota Sports Rewind, where Score North goes back in time and and dives deep into some of the most prominent moments in Minnesota sports history, including Twins and Tigers Game 163, Twins and A's from the 2002 ALDS, Kevin Love's 30-30 and game, and Kevin Garnett's dominating Game 7 against Sacramento. It's Minnesota Sports Rewind on scorenorth.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. And six, Bills have it at the nine. The give goes to Shady, finding some room inside the five, headed into the end zone. Man, there's a couple comments that could be made because what's going on here? What am I missing? I mean, I the the I've, highlight was completely arbitrary. I don't get yeah, it. But. Off the air, I'll tell you. Okay, <laughs> that was John Murphy uh, on the call. Oh, the, uh, your buddy Bills John. Radio okay, now network. I get it. Okay, um, so he he did that. Anyway, we were talking about uh, yes, he did that. That was part of his job. Running running backs earlier on the show, mm-hmm. uh, Judd and Myron Metcalf had a hot take saying that he wouldn't pay any running back in the NFL anyone over ten million dollars. That, that he would cap it at that. No matter how good you were in your first rookie contract, four or five years, that's it. That's the most you get paid. Now, here was my suggestion, Judd. Tell me what you think of this. I got I got two plans, the running back plans. Okay. One is for certain running backs to change their position, to call themselves something else, okay. to not be called running backs. Christian McCaffrey is not a running back. He plays wide receiver. He lines up in the slot. He catches 100 passes. That's not a running back. I hear you. Elvin Kamara, same thing. So if edge rushers can call themselves edge rushers instead of defensive ends like they used to be, then why can't running backs make themselves, when they're like Christian McCaffrey or Elvin Kamara, make themselves playmaker or something else like that? Mm-hmm. And when you have someone like Cordero Patterson who plays receiver but lined up in the backfield a bunch last year, that, that guy shouldn't be called a wide receiver. He should be called a playmaker. Mm-hmm. They should make that effort so then people wouldn't say anymore, oh, don't pay running backs. Here's my other thing. If I were a team right now, say the Minnesota Vikings, who is a very talented running back, almost no matter what Delvin Cook does, unless he catches 100 passes and lines up as an outside wide receiver and does the Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley thing of catching 90-something passes, I would draft one every couple of years in the second round, and I would play that guy for three or four years and let him go regardless of his performance. I agree completely with that. I So you, you brought this up about a month back on this show, and it's heartless and cruel and not nice, but I'm with you. And this is why I think Myron's exactly right. No matter what these guys call themselves, no, no matter what the skill set is, I would come as close to using them so much that they get through a contract and then they're basically done. So I don't care what they do, but if you use them and and... The problem with Cook for this year is I need him so much, I'm concerned about doing that. But my philosophy on the night that I draft a guy like Delvin Cook or Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon would be the philosophy of, I'm going to get you through your first contract, and I'm going to use you so much that by the time you get to your second contract, there is going to be a decline because your body is going to be declining. So I think Myron's assertion there is absolutely correct. Which is why pay them that that much? You are going to because 
contracts in this league are pretty flawed. And because the union representation, Matthew Collar, is so poor, that's why these guys need to be free agents quicker. Because they can't cash in. If if I'm an executive or coach, I'm not going to give you the opportunity to cash in because your usage rate is going to be so high. By the time you hit the age of, let's say, 26, 27, you're basically going to be cooked. Yeah, that's a big part of it is that it's these not nice, guys, but it's the truth. Yeah, these guys run through their prime physical years from age 21 to 26, 27. You're almost burnt out. Very few guys make it past 28 and into their 30s. Look at Gurley right now. Would you pay him? There's no way you'd pay him. And I think a lot of people look at that situation and go, oh, well, you know, okay, he can't be shot yet. Todd Gurley's only been in the league a few years, but how many times have we seen this happen with those guys? And they get the big contract, and then the second half of that contract is really bad if they're even still a main running back. Someone like LaShawn McCoy, he's had a very good second half of his career, but if you look at it, how many years were... Um, even just the ones you couldn't replace. I mean, the Bills had a, an offensive line that was very good for a few years after they brought him in, and they were able to run the ball a lot because they didn't have a great passing game, and he put up stats. But if you were using somebody else, the the last year I was in Buffalo, they had a guy named Carlos Williams, who no one's ever heard of, who averaged like five yards a carry. Mm-hmm. They had a good offensive line. He got a couple of holes. He busted through them, and that was the end of it. And even though I think McCoy is a special player, it's not like he was catching 100 passes uh, a year or anything like that. And so I, I think that it puts these running backs in a tough position, too, where, you know, yeah, you want to get free agency earlier if you're them. If you're in any sport all the time, you want to get free agency earlier, where they have proven themselves as great players over a number of years. But if you're Melvin Gordon, I totally get why he doesn't understand that the second half of his career probably won't be as good as his first and that he's replaceable. And a lot of times these guys are drafted fairly high. They're first-round picks, second-round picks, third-round picks, and and they think, well, wait a minute, I've always been a star, and stars get paid in this league, so I deserve to get paid too, and I'm the main part of our offense. What they don't realize is that someone else who isn't that, the difference might not be that much. If James Conner can be almost as good as Le'Veon Bell, then maybe Le'Veon Bell was he was like a third round pick, right? Maybe he yep. was a product in part of just how good that offensive line and was. So in James Conner. Yep. He's not special. Yep. He's just a but the, the more that I use you in this league now, so if I if on first down you're in the backfield, uh second down you're in the slot and third down you're back in the backfield and pass protecting. I'm going to do that and it's going to be fantastic. But I'm not going to be then, when you're 28, saying, let's reward you for those great years. I'm going to say, no, that's it. You're done here now. Yeah. And, and, yep. but and that's good how, luck in your next location. Guys like Gordon don't get the fact that they work in a job and they're represented by a group of people that purposely have set up the system to basically make teams make as harsh of decisions. This is why I always say this league is brutal. Yeah, it is. This this yep. league is heartless. You, these people don't think for one second that they really care. They don't now they might like you as a person and a guy and they're going to slap you on the back and if you're a great player they might put your name up in a ring of honor like the Vikings do. But Mike Zimmer for and and he actually goes more in this direction than I think most teams would like. Guys like that are supposed to look at players and make incredibly harsh, mean-spirited, 
decisions based on only one thing. Not what can you do as a person, what can you do as a player? And what's hard to and, get your mind around. And look around. at the Patriots for that. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, Belichick, he's incredibly smart, and people, I think his players, to a certain degree, appreciate him. But look at what the Patriots do to human beings. There are tons of examples of them just I being mean, like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. I mean, Jamie Collins was in the middle of a good season, and they were like, oh, wait, you want a big contract coming up? We don't really need you that much. And that goes for Randy a, Moss. a lot of things. And, and it brings me to the question about then with Delvin Cook. We've talked about a lot, if he got hurt this year, that there's no depth behind him, that there's no backup. We haven't really seen Alexander uh, Madison play and until he's in training camp. We don't know anything about him. And the other two guys are mildly interesting, Mike Boone and Rock Thomas, and then Amir Abdullah is there. And I, I guess I can't talk out of both sides of my, my mouth with this one, I, where we say, oh, he's the main part of the offense, and he's super important, and he's got to stay healthy and all these things. And then we circle back and go, don't pay running backs. They ain't worth it. And it's you know they're replaceable and all those things. It's kind of like, well, which one is it for the Vikings case? I mean, are we overstating how valuable his health is? Because in 2017, I know that they had Latavius Murray, and Murray was a proven running back, and none of these guys are. Yep. But Jarek McKinnon was only a guy who had sort of been in the league and gotten some opportunities, and sometimes he did well and sometimes he didn't. And then in 2017, McKinnon earns himself a huge contract. Now, he might be a guy who plays wide receiver sometimes for San Francisco and is actually worth that money when he's healthy. We'll see about that. But... They were the seventh best running team in the league in 2017, and Mike Zimmer keeps going back to that, saying, yeah, I want it to be like 2017, when they didn't even have Delvin Cook, and they figured out a way to still effectively run the ball. I wonder if that's, in terms of ranking overrated potential stories as we go into camp, Yep, I think that that one is right up there with wide receiver three for being the most overrated potential storyline. Here's why I don't agree with, with that, because... Overall, big picture, I do think that running backs shouldn't be paid, and I find their position overall to be eminently replaceable with guys. But in the Vikings, on a case-by-case basis here, the Vikings, I think, have painted themselves into a corner and a position where Delvin Cook is incredibly important to them. And because they don't have what might be a sufficient backup, it's a big deal. So, And this all goes back to one key spot, too. Quarterback, because if you had a if you had a quarterback who you completely trusted, then if Delvin Cook can play and can stay healthy and on the field, that's fantastic. And if he can't, it might be a bit of a problem. But your quarterback, if he was a standout, could find a way around that. Right? The Vikings don't have that. The Vikings have have find themselves now in a place where Delvin Cook is incredibly important because every element of that offense that can help the quarterback is. But ordinarily, if, if I was if I was in charge of the Vikings roster construction, I wouldn't have put myself in a position where Delvin Cook becomes as crucial as he is. But again, because they didn't have cap space, if you could have brought Murray back, I think our feeling about this would be far different. But the problem now is it's Delvin Cook who should be important, followed by essentially unknown, 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 unknown. I think that really depends on how good the younger guys are. Because no one is going to be quite the talent level of Delvin Cook. He should have been a first-round pick. The only reason he wasn't was some off-field stuff, and there were concerns about who he was still hanging out with, stuff like that. None of it has come to fruition with Delvin Cook. In fact, I saw that he just 
started some big charity thing and being still on a rookie contract is only a second round pick. It, it I'm not sure that it's you just, might advise him to keep his money. Well, I mean, he's going to be doing it to, to raise money and everything else sure. like that. And I, I think with Delvin that it's genuine. It's not just like, look, I've got a charity now all of a sudden. I, I think that he, I had heard that about him early in his career that he wanted to reach out to community and do everything he could, you know, those things. He sure. comes from a tough area. So like, um, you know, with, with, with Delvin Cook, you have somebody who is uh, a special type of talent of running back where his you look at his yards after contact, they're spectacular. PFF does a thing called elusive rating that combines the yards after contact with the broken tackles, and he's one of the best in the NFL from last year. He's very, very hard to take down. But if we try to do the math and figure out, okay, what would Alexander Madison, Mike Boone, and Amir Abdullah add up all three of them together? And actually, you bring up Latavius Murray. He's a great example of this. The 2016 Oakland Raiders did not have a star running back. They used three running backs, and they added up to, I'll I'll get the exact numbers here, but they added up to being one of the more productive teams from the running back position by using three different guys. So Boone is a really great athlete. Rock Thomas has got more, uh, you know, kind of, what what would you call it, like uh, instincts. And Alexander Madison is the, the bruiser type of guy. And then Amir Abdullah can catch passes out of the backfield. The point just being that, of course, Delvin Cook is more talented than these people and can do everything and is a heck of a good time to watch him play football. He is special. And so is Saquon Barkley, and so is Melvin Gordon, and so are 10 other running backs in the league. Mm -hmm. But if he goes down, I wouldn't change anything about how I think that this year is going to play out for the Minnesota Vikings, just because they've right now designed their offense um, to have him be their centerpiece. With that position, I think you can always change on the you fly. You can change it, but I, I guess my question then comes back to if Cook gets hurt, who do you trust most to block? Who catches best? Because he brings the, the thing that, that he brings is he's the anti-Peterson. He brings a full package of assets that I want to use. If he gets hurt now, now I've got to sit down and decide of his backups who fit who fits what role best. And it can work. I just I'm defaulting constantly going back to what takes my quarterback and props him up because I don't have a top QB who can basically or ordinarily if you've got a top five QB he does what he takes your offense and props it up himself yep and then and then the personnel pieces behind him fall into place this to me is the polar opposite I think I, I'm I'm just putting it under the category of being overstated not untrue but overstated i think as a, I, I think as a rule you are a thousand percent right so uh it's a friday it's summer and next week judd it's almost training we start get getting into like hot and heavy training camp preview and all that stuff it, hot and heavy i'm gonna i'm gonna go into our system right now and read you some of the lists that i've got ready for next week. I've been looking at them for I, like a week. I know. Go ahead. I know. I spent I've been trying to get my baseball coverage through the <laughs> through the list of stories you've started. I spent some days off. You know, it's hard to cover the lists. twins when the Viking stuff's constantly in the I've way. got fifty three man roster projection for next week. I've got top eight storylines of the NFC North. I've got the ten most interesting Vikings. I've ranked all the position groups by intrigue. We've got stuff coming for you as we come closer. But we can't use that right now. It's just too far away. Right? Okay. So, on a Friday, on July here. 12th, yeah. what we are going to do to finish the show today is have the most cliched football conversation for five minutes on our air. 
that you can ever have in Sports Talk Radio. That's what we're going to do when we come back on Purple Daily. Three fifty-one here. Time for the Score North download. We're just two weeks away from training camp kicking off over in Egan, but first. Twins are in action tonight for the first time since the All-Star break. Unfortunately, it's not all good news there, as Judd Zolgat, our own Judd Zolgat, writes over at scorenorth.com. Eddie Rosario was eligible to come off the 10-day injured list on Sunday, but was held out so he could get a little extra time over the four-day All-Star break, and he's not in action tonight with Marwin Gonzalez playing left field. So, not all good as we come back from the All-Star break, Twins fans. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. So was that Zolgad who wrote that about the Twins, or was that your alter ego, Tidbits? That was Zolgad. Okay. Tidbits wrote yesterday, and I have not seen the poor guy since. Don't know where Tidbits went to. I'm surprised this piece didn't get the Zolgad hammerhead. Yeah, it needed the capital letters Zolgad. Usually usually these kind of pieces come with the Zolgad hammerhead. No, no, no. If I was analyzing it, but this is just the quick panic alarm, and and then I walk away, so I drop the match (laughs) and walked away. I'm like, Rosario, we all thought he was going to be back on Friday. Now he's not. And then I just sort of, okay, This is Judd yelling bomb and then running away. Yes. Yelling okay. fire in a theater. Yeah. That's what Zolgad okay. That's exactly do, what, the sports yeah. version. All right, so we've Good got point. a couple minutes left. It's a Friday in July, and we are going to be ramping up big time. Remember next week, Wednesday to Friday, going to be in the Pro Football Focus offices in Cincinnati doing the show live from there. Super excited about that. Cannot wait for that. And uh, we'll do hot routes every day with the PFF guys. So that's going to be, I know, take are a week you off. Are you going to be back? Take a week off. Huh? I said, are, are you oh, going yeah, to come back? Yeah. I think so. Uh, I think your wife might find out. Yeah, Matthew decided to stay down in Cincinnati at PFF. Way too hard to sell a house, so I'm just going to stay here. But I will return on Friday. Okay. And, and that's right. training camp after that. So next week will be all training camp NFL preview. So I want to take just a minute here, Judd, to have the most cliched conversation that you can ever have on Sports Talk Radio. Okay. NFL.com wrote it the top 25 quarterbacks of all time, and they named Tom Brady the best quarterback of all time. Judd, is Tom Brady the best quarterback of all time? Sure, why not? I don't know. I, I just had this conversation with uh, Rami and Mackie on yesterday's show. I don't think that it's fair to try and name best of all time without just going into the individual eras and breaking it down there. Cop out. I just don't. Cop out. Well... Is Tom Brady the best quarterback of all time? Mm, Montana was great. Yeah, but you know what? Brady with the sustained success in the era he's playing in probably is, okay? I have a take on this. All right. So I think that Tom Brady is the most accomplished and is totally deserving of anyone who calls him best of all time. I wouldn't fight anybody on that. All right. So what do you got for me? I think the best of all time is peak Steve Young. Steve Young led the NFL six times in quarterback rating in seven years and four times during that in yards per attempt. And his completion percentages, so he was moving the ball down the field, his completion percentages five times he led the NFL. And touchdown percentage three times. And interception percentage two times. I've never seen another quarterback ever lead the league in so many categories so consistently. But the amount of Steve time Young. that Brady has done it for doesn't stand out to you as, as the separator there? Oh, it definitely does. Like, if you I mean, this long, come up this to me and incredible. say Brady's the best, I'm not going to fight you on that. I'm not going to say, oh, no, no way. A guy with six rings is trash. But I think if you're looking at 
the the body performance of someone's absolute best, their absolute peak. That Steve Young has the best peak of all time, all right. and it goes for like eight years. Okay, sounds right to me. There it is. You'll probably LeBron never, and Michael next. You'll probably never LeBron hear or it Michael. again. LeBron or Michael next July twelfth. You will hear that. Gretzky or Lemieux. All right. Panic button for the Twins because Eddie Rosario's out. That's what's coming up next. And probably some trade talk and Indians preview. It's great to have relevant baseball. Mackie and Judd with Rami will discuss here on Score North when we return.